Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave Podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. Today, I'm here with my good friend and colleague, Tracy Scherer. She is a CEO of Pelvic Guru and Pelvic Global, and her private practice is Share Pelvic Health in Orlando, Florida. Tracy, thank you for being here with us today. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you. Anytime I get a chance to talk to you, it's fun. I know. Even you guys were here today to talk a lot about what we want physical therapists and occupational therapists and coaches to understand about working with pregnant and postpartum athletes, honestly, across the span of their lifetime of athleticism. Pregnancy and postpartum are really kind of easy seasons to focus on, but they really transfer over into the rest of a person's life when they're pursuing a lot of different fitness endeavors as it relates to their pelvic health. And so we are here to truly create um, a solid collaboration and alliance. And I'm really excited to talk with Tracy about this today. Yes, it will be great. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you have going on because you got a lot going on. Yeah. So my background, I am a physical therapist for 21 years. I can't believe it. And have really been doing pelvic health since that time. I actually started in women's health and pelvic health right when I was a student before I even graduated graduate school. And so I've done pelvic health. And actually my background is also, I've been a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach, certified for many, many years as well, for about 21 years as well at the same time. And then I also dabbled into, got into uh, sexual health and sexual counseling certification training as well. So essentially I have consistently with throughout my career focused on these different things, pelvic health, orthopedics, but then also a lot to do with strength and conditioning and personal training types of stuff as well as sexual health. So it does span a lot over the 21 years in terms of those, those areas And I think they all complement each other because there's so many questions about all of these things all the time. So I love having that kind of uh, span in terms of topics to talk about. I love it. You you really are so good about bringing people to the table, making them feel seen both as like your patients, since I have technically seen you treat somebody before and um, also how well you support your colleagues. And I just, I really think that's so admirable because there's such a world of competition, I think, among colleagues, and you do so good about just welcoming and expanding. Thank you. And that's actually been one of my missions too, is that not only am I doing clinical practice, but by starting Pelvic Guru and now Pelvic Global and Pelvic Global Academy, the idea was to do exactly that, is to bring everyone together to have an academy that's for all professionals. And then we also have something called the Global Pelvic Health Alliance, which is a um, GFAM, which is a membership for pelvic health professionals. And this is for everyone. So we have everyone from PTs, OTs, physicians, sex therapists, fitness, you know, Pilates, yoga, all sorts of people represented there, strength and conditioning specialists. So it's really wonderful. That's exactly been my mission for all these years is to bring everyone together so we can have these conversations. Right. And you really have done such a great job. So if you are a professional, really suggest joining in uh, with Tracy. You just have access to such good continuing education and a really solid network. And I think that's something that you and I both value is having, being like shoulder to shoulder with all of our peers. Yes. Yes. And it's so collaborative. I love it. Yeah. And what I wanted to loop you guys in on before we dive totally into this episode is Tracy and I have actually partnered because we want to 
be able to really expand our reach with kind of combining like the worlds of physical therapy and occupational therapy with coaches and what I'm doing with pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coaches. And so when coaches go through my coaching certification, I always encourage them to collaborate with a pelvic floor physical therapist or a pelvic health physical therapist. But we also want to bring different physical therapists and occupational therapists to the table. So Tracy kind of came up with this wonderful idea. And Tracy, I'd love for you to tell people about that. So one of the things we did is with Pelvic Global Academy, we now have um, Brianna's courses on our site. So we have that featured as one of our key courses there in terms of strength and conditioning for PTs and OTs to receive CEU credits. So that's been a really awesome thing that we've done in partnership is that we have your course amongst our like top courses that we have. And we're so glad that we can feature that. So that's exciting. And then we do a lot of other collaborative things. And we have an ebook that we've done together to basically share more information and spread the word about how we can collaborate together as both rehab professionals, as well as fitness professionals and help as many people as we can, because we simply can't in one type of, of therapy, we can't necessarily reach everyone. So together in a collaborative way, we can. So those are just a little bit, but we're constantly creating different ideas, but those are the two major things going on right now. I know you put two visionaries in a room and, um, you know, a lot of things can happen, which I mean, Tracy, do you want to, you want to give them the background on when you and I did get into a room together? (laughs) Yeah. So this was actually so fun because I'm so entrenched in the world of pelvic health and pelvic physical therapy that for me to do exams, and I hope it's okay to share some of this, but I'm so used to doing vaginal and rectal exams and and looking at sexual health topics and things. So what I would do is I would host these um, really awesome mastermind things that where we would actually get a few people. I think I limited to up to six people at a time. And I was traveling around the country and I would do it a few times a year. And you joined in in the one, I believe it was San Diego, right? Yeah. yeah. And you were part of that uh, crew of six of us or six of the students there. And we were in this mastermind together. And I remember I was teaching different things. I I like to do foundational things. And I like to show everyone some of the exams that we do and what we're looking for. And I remember your eyes got really big and you said, wait a second. You said, you know, you had always heard about pelvic physical therapy and you always knew what we were doing for assessments, but you were actually suddenly there you were in the room and um, watching exactly what I did for an assessment. And you had a quick, it was kind of like a quick entry into understanding very much so what we do in in a, in a very uh, quick way. Oh, totally. um, I, rem- I will never forget your, your eyes. And you were just like, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe this is a whole other world here. It and really I- is a whole other world. And just to like spell it out for you guys, I was one of the only coaches there. Most people were, were pelvic floor physical therapists. So like they see vaginas all the time. It's not a big deal. It doesn't phase them at all. And right. I mean, I've had, I've gone to pelvic floor physical therapists. I've had my own assessments, but I can't say that I've ever like looked up into somebody's vagina before. So that just hasn't been a personal experience of mine until I went to Tracy's mastermind and it was like, oh, okay. So this is what like prolapse looks like. And this is what this looks like. And, and like, just kind of pointing out the anatomy in a way that is much different than seeing and understanding your own body or like an anatomy chart, for example. And like, look, it was one of the best continuing education experiences because it was, I was able to quite literally see like what these unique considerations are for people yes. and, and, and like really make, cause it's one thing to look at like a, a diagram of prolapse. It's another thing to see it in person. You go, Oh, okay. Right. I get it more. So for me, it was really valuable. And Tracy, um, 
don't know if she did this on purpose or not, but she had me hold like the flashlight. So I was like the person <laughs> real, real up in there getting a great view. And everyone just I thought totally it was really funny because it's so normal for you, but it is so not normal for me as like strength conditioning coach. You know, I always thought I would just be like barbells and weight rooms. And now I'm like vagina and a flashlight. What? <laughs> You to- and you totally, you learn from it too, because it, you like you said, it's one thing to, to know about it and say, okay, if someone says I'm having pressure or prolapse, right. but it is another thing to actually see it and see what we're testing, like what we're actually looking for and what it looks like. Oh. Um, and then the other thing that happened is as we're in this mastermind and the whole idea is, is for us to generate lots of discussions, ask as many questions as possible, and really just hone in on where you want to expand your practice or n- learn more. And I remember you, I was talking about estrogen and vaginal estrogen and some other things. And you immediately said, we, we need to talk. I, I, this is my athletes need to know about this. And there were so many things we were talking about that you're like, wow, this, what you're saying for this local situation that's going on when we were doing the vaginal exam, like, this is what I think is missing. And a lot of our athletes don't know about this stuff. Right. So there was like this aha moment. It seemed like where you were like, wait, we need to collaborate. There's so many things we can talk about. They're just getting missed. Totally. And like, look, no one is teaching us anything about our bodies. Like even if our our moms had the best intentions or a health teacher or whoever, our childbirth educator, we've had a lot of people that maybe had really good intentions, but no one teaches you about your body and the changes that it will inevitably experience as you age, whether that's like through pregnancy or postpartum or managing symptoms or moving into menopause and just hormonal changes. We don't, we are not taught anything about our body. And so when you guys were talking, like all of this was common knowledge or, you know, just kind of spelling out these experiences. I was like, holy crap. Like I feel like I have a really good grasp on these things and still I don't know enough. And this is not talked about. Like I might know a decent amount, but I can guarantee my friends don't know. A lot of coaches have no understanding of like what makes our bodies so unique and different with all these different experiences and considerations. And then athletes just end up feeling so caught off guard with like, wait, what? Why didn't anyone tell me? Why didn't I know what to expect or who to go to or what to see or what to ask? Like, we just literally don't know. Right. And actually one thing I thought of when, cause I was talking about vaginal estrogen that day and we were going over some things. One thing that actually struck me is something that I, I talk a lot, a lot about with my patients and I don't know that it gets back to whether it's PTs that are maybe not involved in pelvic health. So they're physical therapists and orthopedics and, and maybe strength conditioning stuff, or those that are coaches that are doing these kinds of things in, in a high level athletic area is that like you were talking about pregnancy and postpartum really is over a, a you know an entire lifetime in terms of things and changes that can happen and hormonal changes happen as well independent of that so there are people who have some small forms of prolapse or a little bit of discomfort around their vaginal or vulvar area and what'll happen is suddenly they're now they've been athletes they're they're now in their 50s or maybe early 60s and suddenly they said whoa I feel like my prolapse is worse. I feel like I'm starting to leak and I wasn't leaking before when I was doing these kinds of lifts. I thought I was finally better. You know, I had years of not leaking after getting treated and now I'm leaking again, or they may experience pain. And what's happening is there can be a hormonal shift and sometimes just a local topical estrogen. As an example, we can look and see the changes there and and say, huh, this may make sense for you to get that. Let's have you talk to your physician because even that can actually bulk up the tissue improve tissue integrity in that area and really help so that when someone's doing exercises, there's more bulk and help them with their strengthening again with that tissue. So a lot of people don't even know that that's an option and they think, oh no, I must be getting worse 
when the prolapse may not be getting worse, just the supportive tissues around the area need some support now. And so that's a simple thing that we, we now know, and it actually prevents UTIs as people get older too. But we don't talk about this stuff. It's sometimes so separate. So people do freak out thinking prolapse is worse when it might actually not be. Right. And God, Tracy, there's like a million things you and I could talk about. I feel like you just need to be like an ongoing guest <laughs> we have on to talk about so many different just changes throughout our lifetime as women, especially right. as it, it links back to fitness. And I know that as much as I love like how unique that makes you, I want there to be a bunch of Tracy's, a bunch right. of you and a physical therapist and occupational therapist and really just practitioners in general who are willing to say like, look, our reach and our efforts have to expand so far beyond just like what we know. It's it's collaborating with other coaches and it's leveling with the athletes that are coming into our practice and, and really just building out these relationships and just basic education. Because again, they're not getting it elsewhere. And what might be common knowledge to me or like just another like um, patient to you, because you've seen the same sort of presentation of symptoms a million times for that person. It's still such a unique and new experience. And I think that we just, it's really easy to overlook that what might be normal to you and I to hear about or to talk about or see is just not the case. So our job really has to extend so far beyond what we do just in our coaching or in our practice. Yeah, it's so true. And and that's why I get excited to do these, to have these conversations, because there's no way that one profession can really handle all of this. There's so many people out there. There's millions of people dealing with pelvic floor types of issues um, and, and many other types of hormonal issues. And so it makes sense that the reach that we can have with PTs, OTs, physicians, coaches, and all types of fitness professionals all involved in this, it'll benefit everyone. Absolutely. So we, like Tracy mentioned, we created an ebook that really helps break down like what we want physical therapists and occupational therapists to know, right? And we're going to kind of go through some of those points today because it's not just for physical therapists, it's for coaches and athletes to really take into consideration with their body too. So one of the things I know we've talked about so much, Tracy, throughout our like years of working together as colleagues is the desperation for like athletes need to be understood. They need to know that their coaches and their practitioners understand their goals, their interests, and kind of support their athlete brain and can help them leverage that. So can you speak to that from a, from basically like a practitioner standpoint and the importance of that? So you're saying the importance of us knowing about, about the athlete part of it. Yes. Yeah. Like how to, yeah. how to understand their athlete brain and like why that matters. Yeah. So, so there's so many things on this topic too, because what happens is sometimes in the training that physical therapists and occupational therapists get, there's a lot on functional training, on getting someone to be able to go from a sitting to a standing position or doing a basic exercise. So like a clamshell exercise, can you do, can you move your, can you lie on your side and then move your leg and see how that works? But what happens is we sometimes get these patients that come in, actually I shouldn't say sometimes, often get patients that come in that have been doing CrossFit that are doing all sorts of high level running and any type of high level activity. And they come to see someone that means well, that's a, in the rehab type of atmosphere. And what'll happen is that a lot of patients will say they feel like suddenly they were cut off. They are so athletic and they want to go back to high level stuff. And they're told, wait, you need to stop everything for six, eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks. And all we're going to have you do is focus on squeezing a ball between your legs, maybe having you do some leg lifts on your side. And then we'll progress you to sitting and standing, making sure you can do a pelvic floor contraction. 
So what's happening is like, you're talking about this athlete brain, very driven. They want to get back to high level stuff. And here we are actually telling them, no, you need to take a full step back and, and don't proceed until you get everything else perfect. And what we've come to know is that there's actually this really nice middle ground where we can basically match the person where they are and watch them and then scale them as they, as we see that they can, instead of saying, stop, you can't do anything. Um, so a lot of what we talk about also in this ebook is this idea about permission. And when I've told patients, you know, I know you said you want to get back to doing double unders or box jumps. You can absolutely do that. Let's figure out what it's going to take to get you there. Instead of stop, you're leaking. Don't do that. Don't do the double unders. Don't do the jumps at all. You need to stop all of that. So this idea that we can form an alliance and, and really help bridge this conversation with giving permission instead of making it seem like they can't, you know, they're not allowed to do anything. And I think that that shift in language is super important and will help so many more people. Oh, absolutely. And I like refer to that as just like, that's the art of coaching, right? Like I know that we are evidence-based and we, and we really value like the scientific foundations, but how we deliver what we like the theory and maybe what we know is yeah. it truly has to be an art form. And I think it's, it's easy to stay clinical. It's easy to stay nerdy. It's hard to get creative and also you know, like, spell out what that journey can look like for them, where it doesn't just have to be those clamshells, clamshells, like what can we do to progress you or make it mentally engaging, physically right. engaging, you know, where there, where you can get that buy-in. I think that's a huge disconnect in both, honestly, both the clinical world and the coaching world is we just want to follow the, what feels safe inside of our box, instead of just like yep. leaning into what coaching and treating somebody and supporting them actually is, which is freaking creative. It's not a formula. And I actually, it's really interesting because I'm in both worlds and I've been there, you know, sitting in both worlds for 21 years. What's fascinating. And I used to teach um, pregnancy and postpartum classes, like aerobic site classes and exercise classes. So it's really been interesting to see what I've also seen over the years in both realms. And what happens is what I find is, so when you have fitness professionals that see someone that's maybe leaking or having issues with athletics, what they'll do is say, Hey, let's have you try some Kegels or let's have you do some things. So they may even understand some of the basics, but there's so much more to it than just having them do five or 10 Kegels, you know, at a stoplight and then, or even just in the gym and then saying, okay, go ahead and do the exercise now. So that's where physical therapists and occupational therapists who are trained in pelvic health, we understand to be able to assess that, to see what is their strength, their endurance, their coordination of their pelvic floor. How do they do in different positions and where are they? So we can help scale that part of it. So I think that's where we can really come in and help. And then on the flip side, like I was saying before, sometimes you get pelvic health professionals that mean well, but they focus only on pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So you get this idea where they're constantly saying, well, you got to get to this point before you can even get back to doing athletic stuff. And that's why I've really noticed that the best mix in getting that collaboration and ability to have this therapeutic alliance with your patients is to be able to introduce, have some of those exercises introduced, but also making sure we're looking at the pelvic floor as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a whole system. And I think that we've just been trained to either like, we're not going to ask questions about our vagina or, you know, maybe some people for the first time are like, what the heck is prolapse? You know, like they don't even know what this is. So being able to have a physical therapist, just not only help them, but also educate them about their body and give them that context. So then like, I try to get everyone that I work with to become experts on their own body where they're not turning to me all the time, where they're not having to like ask their PT for that permission all the time, where they like, they really just feel confident knowing like, okay, based on what I have learned, 
I can go out there and navigate my exercise and really become good at, at understanding my body and then check in as needed. That's the ideal for everything is totally <laughs> empowered and you've given them the information in a way that they can then use for their, their themselves instead of having to constantly rely on you. And then what they do is they say to their friends and others, wow, look what they did to help me. So it's not like you're losing someone by empowering them. You're actually creating a whole potential community of people that trust your, your judgment and your skills and, and expertise in this. Oh, absolutely. So I think it's really helpful. Um, and I was going to say too that, so I've worked in a different environments and one of the environments I worked in, it was an outpatient hospital outpatient center where we had orthopedic physical therapists and we had fitness trainers and, and people that are on actually gym floor as well. And it was fascinating because they knew I had started the program in pelvic health at this location. And so they would either the trainer or a, a orthopedic physical therapist would come up to me and whisper and like hit me and say, Hey, I have this person that started training with me and they keep leaking every time they jump. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And there's this panic, right? And then you'll have an orthopedic therapist that would say the same thing. They'd say, well, I'm trying to progress this person. They keep leaking, but I don't know what to say to them. I'm really nervous. Do I, I just keep telling them to go to the bathroom as much as they need to. And so there's a lot of this, they're, they're really wanting to get more information, but scared to say the wrong thing or not sure what to say. And so it's great to be able to empower them as well. So these professionals that feel like they have really solid answers to give their, their clients and patients as well. Oh, absolutely. And I know it's just, it's like helping practitioners become better at coaching and helping coaches become better at understanding what like role a practitioner plays so that the person we're both trying to help receives the best help that's actually going to, you know, make an impact where they have that buy-in. And that, that is a, that truly is an art. <laughs> yes, it totally is. And, you know, the research is also supporting what I was saying earlier, which is that you want to work on actual full whole body strength and in mm -hmm. general for pressure management and that sort of thing. Cause I know you right. do a lot of that. Um, and then also with the addition of pelvic floor specific training added to that, separately, but then also integrating it, that's actually the best chance at really helping the whole system. So right. I, I do like to say that as, as a teaching point that they can, they're both really important. And so from both sides, uh, whether one person is implementing all of that or having a team do that. Absolutely. And what that looks like on, like in my world of things is like making sure they have prehab during pregnancy, rehab postpartum, but that their training during pregnancy and their training postpartum is a really well-rounded strength conditioning program, not just breathe like this or do this very specific core work. It's like, no, like the whole body, the whole system needs to be strong and coordinated and, and just really like lean into teaching through movement. I feel that that makes such a big difference for that mental and physical buy-in. Yes. And then on the topic of, we were talking about permissions and therapeutic alliances, mm -hmm. I actually talk a lot. I've actually given talks on this quite a bit professionally about how language is really important and what the words we use really do matter. So many times people come to me and they'll say, well, my trainer said my prolapse is bad. It'll never get better. And I can never work out again. Or, you know, my physical therapist said, I have to do this for a year before I can finally get into the gym. So there's a lot of this negative talk. They call it nocebic language of where it's, it's centered around negativity Right. And I always say that that's another big piece of it. The more information you have to be empowered, the better your language will be to show the possibilities and the positive potential instead of consistently saying, I don't know if this will ever get better or yeah, you, you know, it's really bad. I keep seeing you leak. So there's no hope. 
So, you know, I don't think people do that necessarily to that extreme, but words really do matter too. And again, I feel like the more that you're empowered with information, it helps you create better language for your patients and clients. Absolutely. Because how many people come to you when they're like, well, you're like my last hope. You're my last resort. Like, I know that's kind of like your thing, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where people have been told like all sorts of like kind of like hopeless information and you're kind of like that final stamp on what does this actually mean? And I get that too, where people are like, well, I followed this program and I did this and I was told that, can you sort of like break it all down for me and give me the bottom line? And it, and it just sucks that people have to go through such a, such a process just to feel seen and heard, because if they want to run again, like let's freaking help them run again. If they want to lift, let's help them lift. Even if it looks different, instead of like just getting shut down all the time. Right. And there's a certain percentage. So this is the, one of the top questions I get. If I were to say like anyone who's had prolapse, I get messages all day long saying, I have prolapse. Can I ever run again? Or I have prolapse. I'm really scared that I'm going to do more damage. And I love to be able to say in the majority of cases, no, we, we want to actually support you and help get things stronger, but doing more exercises, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be worse. And actually it's potentially going to help you, you know, you'll be more supported. So I, I try to err on giving them the possibilities versus just telling them what the, the doomsday is. There's only a small percentage. And this is where, again, we're doing, trying to do a lot of training for pelvic physical therapists and occupational therapists about this, which is there's a small percentage of patients who have one specific kind of factor. They have a certain kind of tear or problem when they deliver where actually they are someone that when we see that and they have a significant prolapse. They may be someone that we can have them do all sorts of exercises, but we tend to tell them not to do running or high level, but that's a very small percentage. And so that's something also we can screen for or look out for in terms of actual pelvic floor examinations versus just saying everyone can do it. There's just a small portion, but it's important for us to check that as well. Absolutely. And I think blanket statements are just, are, are so hard to give out in general. And so coaches that are listening, like, please, like if possible, refer to a pelvic floor physical therapist pelvic health, physical therapist, occupational therapist. So you have that extra set of eyes and hands and just like overall intake that's simply not within our scope of practice to give. But then if I work with Tracy with somebody, it just gives me a lot more context to know how to progress this person a lot better where I'm more informed as a coach. And then the person I'm trying to help feels really informed about their body and the progress that they're making. Right. Oh, and PS, we have at pelvicguru.com, we have a directory. So if you're like, well, where can I find a pelvic right. therapist <laughs> or any, anyone that can help me? We actually do have a full directory that's actually global and we continue to grow it. And it does actually also have fitness professionals and physicians as well. So if you are, you can certainly add your name to that directory. But I would say that's another place if you're looking for ways to find someone to work with in your area. That may be a way to look. Yes, absolutely. And that was going to be one of my questions was like, well, how do, how do we find somebody who gets us? Right. Because I think that's, that's such a um, desire from athletes and patients alike is I want to know that I'm going to go somebody who can a help me and make it worth it financially for my time and for my patients. So how do you think practitioners can do a better job of leveling with the person that they're trying to treat? How do I know this is a good physical therapist? I know you mentioned that you have your directory, but how can physical therapists build that trust where they can say like level with them and say like, I, I get you and I can help you. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is it's, it ultimately always comes down to making sure you do have the training. And that's an important thing too, as a patient or a client, what I would tell someone is if you're in a city and you're looking for someone, you can absolutely interview that person and find out what their training is. 
If someone says, you know, well, I've only taken a pelvic one class and I don't really know yet a lot, you know, that might not be the person that's going to help high level athletes with pelvic floor dysfunction yet. They can still potentially get some more training where there's some people that have extensive training for 20 years, but it's primarily in pelvic pain. So you want to find someone that understands prolapse, for example, for in this realm of what we're talking about with um, exercises and high level athletic stuff, it's really someone that has experience with um, and gets knowledge in understanding the pelvic floor basic functions, as well as prolapse, as well as how to screen for anything that can be postpartum related. Um, pregnancy and postpartum related would be really important to ask those questions. Are you qualified? Have you taken courses in this, that sort of thing? And for it to directly tell the therapist in that scenario, please continue to get education in this area because it really does make a difference to understand what's going on and how to evaluate. And then how to, again, from your course, transition and really get someone to a higher level athletics, whether you're the one that's doing it or, or transferring it to a coach, having that ability to understand when they need to go to that or when they're ready will make a huge difference. So that's the, where I also see there's a disconnect. So someone, a therapist may know a lot about their realm, but they don't know what to expect when they send them back to CrossFit or when they send them back to a running coach, there's, there should be a way to say, to be able to communicate and say, I think they're at the point now where they can start doing some skipping or where they can start doing some walk jog types of intervals to understand that you can collaborate in that way will be really helpful. So the more information you have from both the therapy realm, as well as fitness will be really helpful. Right. No, I agree. And I know we've harped on this so much, but there's that collaboration and understanding of each other's worlds makes honestly the biggest difference for our clients. I am coaching a UFC fighter right now, and she went to her pelvic floor PT and the fighter was like, oh, I'm working with a coach who specializes in pregnancy and postpartum. And the PT was like, uh, you know, because there's so much crap out there on the internet, right on social media. Like it's, I get it. It's like super hard to trust that. And then, and then the fighter was like, oh, the, do you know of Brianna battles? And the PT was like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that's you're in really good hands. I'm so happy that you're working with her. And like now, so now we'll, all three of us will be collaborating on, uh, on her case and whatnot. But it's just like, again, there's, there's a distrust that kind of exists between the fitness, yes. world, which is totally justified by the way, like there's no quality control in the fitness realm. So it's really easy for, for, I think a lot of practitioners to be very weary of like this pregnancy program or this postpartum program. And so as coaches, like we have to be cognizant of that too. So like, I, I don't know. I just think that yeah. it's, there's just a lot of distrust that exists. So being really clear with what you offer and your qualifications and then just communicating, like reach out to the physical therapist. If you're a coach, if you're a physical therapist, reach out to the coach. Like we are in this truly together and not taking away from each other's work. And I do find that most people do want to talk and they do, they say, wow, thank you so much for contacting me. I now feel like I understand what this person's going through. I understand what they need. They they're wanting to learn more. Right. So, you know, I, I don't assume that I'm trying to talk, you know, above them or that I'm trying to give them information that's too basic because it really could be that this will really help this person. That's ultimately what we want is whoever we're coaching or working with, we want to help them. So yeah, I think that there is a way for us to all be, we keep saying the same thing, but collaborate on it. And, and the more, again, this is the other underlying thing is just the more education you have on these topics. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be so much easier to manage. I, I remember years ago, I actually even did a very famous blog. I think this is probably a blog post, maybe I want to say like nine years ago or so, where there was something that came out about CrossFit and a gynecologist saying, the more you leak, the better or something. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. It was really controversial. At the oh, time. I do. I do. 
I did a blog post about it and I was rolling my eyes and I was like, ah, and we were all, you know, a lot of us and our colleagues were saying, oh, look at this CrossFit stuff. And really I was, I was sort of anti-CrossFit at that time was, I was like, I can't believe they're doing that. And then once we started doing courses, we had Anthony Lowe and some other people were doing courses that were in CrossFits themselves. And we were actually learning about how they scale and how athletics can work where you're really scaling exercises and modifying them. My mind was blown because it completely changed my attitude and a belief system. I had no idea that really, you know, there were isolated people saying, go keep leaking or keep pushing through it. But so many of the fitness professionals out there really understand how to scale. Mm -hmm. And I was super impressed with what I was seeing when I really got to know more of the the people behind the athletics and and CrossFit and and those kinds of things that understand these concepts. So I think the more that we can learn and continue to learn from each other, it makes a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. And just like the basics of being able to scale up or scale down is like, that is strength conditioning 101. And I think it's really easy for practitioners and coaches alike to kind of overlook that when it comes to pelvic health symptoms and pregnancy and postpartum experiences in general, it's really just like, how, how can we get really creative with this to help people achieve what they want to do? I've done some really cool things too. I used to experiment. I had, I work with some people in the circle to Soleil and that sort of thing where there was a lot of tumbling and high, you know, explosive stuff on trampolines and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so I'd see them postpartum and they would say, well, now when I explode it, every time I go on the trampoline and go up, that's when I'm leaking at the point of power, that sort of thing. Right. So also fun too, to experiment with the, the strength coach to figure out, okay, what can we do to, to combat this or how can we work together? So we did the pelvic floor strengthening components, but then we also had them experiment with at what point could they do a, a, like a little bit of a contraction or a certain breath to decrease that. And we were trying to figure out at what point they were having the most issues. And so that's fun too, to collaborate in that way and figure out together, okay, how can we scale this and get them back to that? But I love that kind of stuff. Oh gosh, me too. And we talk about this a lot in the ebook and then like extensively in my coaching certification, but, you know, being able to troubleshoot from the outside in, because I think we think like, oh, peeing or prolapse, that's just like, you know, that's just kind of reserved for like the pelvic floor, but okay. So if somebody's peeing when they're coming up out of a squat, how can we change the squat to improve the peeing, right? Like, it's not just like, oh, well, she pees when she squats, she shouldn't do that load ever. It's like, okay, can we adjust her foot position? Can we adjust her range of motion? Can we take off the weight belt? Can we manipulate how she's bracing or maybe not have her brace this time or when she's breathing? Like there's so many coaching variables that we can manipulate that influence core and pelvic health symptoms and experiences. So just know both coaches and practitioners and athletes like listening to this episode, there's so much that can be done from the outside in to support like symptom management and symptom threshold and athletic performance. And I've never met a single patient who has told me that they were upset with me for saying, let's modify. Like, they're like, thank you so much for continuing to work with me with what I want to do. They feel super supported when, if they really want to get back to squats, instead of, like you said, saying, don't do a squat, like exactly that. Let's have you just change your leg position. And they're like, wow, I don't right. leak at all just by doing that. And then they'll say, yeah, but I want to, I want to get back to heavier weights. Well, sure. Once we then see how you do with this, with, like you said, this amount of reps, or we change these, we do these modifications to the point where we can then scale them back to what they were doing before. And they feel again, so empowered and excited because they weren't stripped of their favorite exercise. They were just modified. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's really how you create buy-in and then promote that lifetime of athleticism that, you know, we talk about extensively. So if you guys are interested, please check out the ebook that Tracy and I created. It's the five things we want 
physical therapists to know about working with pregnant and postpartum athletes. It will make a significant difference in your practice and, and how you're able to create that buy-in and then see a lot of ROI in not just with your business and your, and your practice, but with just seeing the growth that can occur with the athlete that you're treating. Yes. Yeah. That was so fun to do that and get the, I think it's just getting the word out. It's so, it's just so important for us to continue to say this. Absolutely. And like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, it's just so much about linking arms and being shoulder to shoulder with people that are doing good work and being able to showcase like, okay, you, here are your trustworthy resources. We have your back because we know what exists out there. And so that's why it was really important for Tracy and I to create this ebook and also to form a partnership. So Tracy, do you want to talk just a little bit more, wrap up the episode and tell people about the partnership that we formed for the coach course and the CEUs that are now available? Yeah. So I love everything that Brown is doing in terms of just the, the course and the course materials. And we had so many physical therapists and occupational therapists say, I'm really interested in learning. Do you think this is appropriate for me? And it absolutely is. It's all the things we're talking about. It's taking away that gap and improving your knowledge to be able to handle and work with those that are interested in higher uh, athletics or even just honestly, any kind of gym exercise transitioning. Um, It's super important to have that knowledge. So I think that this course that you have is absolutely important for those that are in the rehab realm that maybe didn't have a strong interest or it hadn't had a strong background in athleticism or any kind of strength and conditioning. And I'll tell you for as much strength and conditioning expertise as I have, I still feel like you can learn so much. There's so much to learn and so much new information that's come out in the years that I started doing this. So I highly recommend it. And then what we did, which is really exciting is we added the CEU so that physical therapists and occupational therapists can get CEUs pretty much in every state. So the 50 states and it's great because you you not only get the knowledge and a certification, you also get CEUs. So it was a huge win for us to be able to collaborate with you to spread this course to those that are in the rehab professions instead of only staying in the fitness realm. Absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful for, for your brain, for your heart, for the work that you're putting out into the world and just for just the knowledge that you have to offer on this episode and everywhere else. So uh, Tracy, where can people find out more about you? Sure. Yeah. So um, if the main site is pelvicguru.com and that's where you can get information about the membership, you can get information about our courses and you can learn just all that we have the directory there. So that's the main hub. Um, If you go to Pelvic Global Academy or Pelvic Guru Academy, both of those will take you to the directly to our courses. And that's where you can find the course, the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism course there from Brianna that's located on that site. So Pelvic Guru Academy. And then um, you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram. It's Pelvic Guru One. And we have an official one that's Pelvic Guru Official, but find me at Pelvic Guru One. <laughs> and um, I love connecting with people there on Instagram. Yes. Well, you do a great job over there educating us all. So thank you so much, Tracy. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, you're so welcome. We could have done this for many more hours. I appreciate I, it. And we probably will. <laughs> okay. Awesome. All, all right. right. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are a postpartum athlete and you're really trying to figure out what next, what does my return to fitness look like? What do I do about my core, my pelvic floor? How do I get back into the movements I want to do in a way that I feel really confident about? I have you covered because I know exactly what it's like to be where you are as a coach, as an athlete, and as a mom. So I want you to download 
six exercises for the first six weeks postpartum. It's a free resource and it just goes over everything that I think is really important to take into consideration during those early weeks postpartum. Now, if you're ready to begin more of an exercise program, say you've been cleared by your doctor or midwife, I have a eight week postpartum athlete training program, which acts as the perfect entry back into fitness, into the gym, into the kind of movement that you want to do where it's still respecting the changes your body has gone through and how your baby was delivered, but it really helps connect your rehab into the kind of fitness that you want to do in a way that's relatable and fun and exactly what your body needs right now on behalf of your long-term function and performance.